Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. So we've been in a, a series over the last three weeks where we've laid out the foundations of who we are at Reliance, worship, word, and prayer. Kind of everything stems from that rhythm that we do. Uh, we're worshipers, we love the word of the Lord, and we love to pray together. And so everything stems from that. And then from that, once that foundation is laid, like there's a lot of things that the Lord calls us to be on purpose in. That there's callings in our life. A lot of principles that he wants us to get down as believers that are really, really important to his heart. You guys know the law of gravity, what these next couple of weeks. Um, and some of them are called laws. Like, you guys know the law of gravity. What goes up must what? Come down. Like, we don't change that. It's just called the law of gravity. There's a law called the law of thermo. But, so we've got these, no idea what that means, but it's important, all right? It's some of you guys know that. But so we've got these laws that we're not changing that are really important. Well, God has laws as well that are, are not changing, that are perfect, and that are needed in our life. One of those, you could call it a law in some ways, is that pride comes before the what? Before the fall. So I'm little little uh, confession here. Uh, last week, I may have slipped up and said I didn't like KU, okay? <laughs> that I was a K-State fan. And yeah, you know where this is going. And um, so yesterday, Sunflower Showdown, K-State, KU, epic battle. At halftime, we won, FYI. <laughs> but there's always a second half of basketball, whatever. Um, and so at halftime, I get on this thread of my KU friends, and I'm blasting them. I'm like, we are about to demolish you. I mean, I'm just hammering down, just hammering down. And then about what to, and by the grace and mercy of the Lord, I didn't hit send, and then we lost, right? And so I walked in this morning, and over my door is plastered all of these. Two things, the Lord knows who you are, and vengeance is his, saith the Lord. So just throwing that out there. But that's a law that we don't change, right? Pride comes before the fall. There's another law in Scripture, and the law of Scripture that does not change is that the law is called the law of sowing and reaping, that what you sow, you shall also reap. Amen? And we can't change that law. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. It's one of the most important ones. And so uh, my wife and I, we did a thing. I shared this with our men's Bible study the other day. We did a thing. We decided to join a CrossFit gym. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, there's that, okay? And I feel like... I could write a book called Spiritual Lessons That I'm Learning From CrossFit, all right? I really do. And one of those things that would start off with is, if you don't know what the lake of fire looks like in the book of Revelation, okay, there is a CrossFit bike in there that you have to pedal. I'm just telling you right now. It is absolutely terrible. I, if my kids ever go, yeah, dad, like struggling with faith, I'm gonna take them to the CrossFit gym. I'm gonna put them on the pedal bike and I'll be like, these are in here right now. We've, we've actually really... And they will learn. I'm just telling you right now. We've, we've actually really enjoyed it. It's been really good. I'm in there every day. The word is in me constantly when I'm in there. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Different thing that I've, we've never done before. So Christy and I, we just kind of, we kind of feel lost in there. All these people have all these moves they're doing. And they, I mean, these, these are absolute athletes, all right? And they've got all these things and we're in there and we're just like struggling. 
And, and so it gets kind of frustrating for a minute, but there's, it's such an encouraging atmosphere, and they're all coming over, and they're like, look, look, just, just take one thing that you learn. Just take one thing, just one little movement and practice that. And we promise you, if you just practice that one little thing, by the next six months or a year, you're going to see complete improvement in your life. And, and so it was really this basically, and I don't know if they know it or not, but they're going, if you just sow into these little things and you just practice these little tiny seeds that in the next year or two or three years or months down the road, you'll be doing what we're doing, Right? And then if you're competitive like me, I'm like, I'm going to do what you're doing now and look like an idiot, right? And so this idea of sowing and reaping isn't just in the physical side of things, it's in the spiritual side. If we would just take these little things that God is downloading with us, these little things, just one scripture, and I'm going to apply it to my life, and I'm going to live it out the next six weeks, I promise you, it will begin, if you sow that in, it will begin to reap a harvest in your life. It's the law. It's what God says. It's his law. And he's always, always faithful to his law. And his law says that whatever it is that we sow, we too shall reap. And so in Galatians, if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 6, Paul's going to do some work in Galatians. And and it comes right here on, on, like right after he's just delved into this idea that the law can't save you, um, that that it's because of Jesus that you've been saved. And then he says, "But, but don't use that free salvation as a means to sin. He's like, basically, you don't have license to sin because of the grace of God, but you're also not bound by the law that enslaves you, right? It's like, you're free because of me, But don't use that freedom to just do whatever you want to do. And so he's going to list some things in Galatians 5 that we can sow into the flesh. He's going to list some things that we can sow into the spirit. But he uses these words in Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Now, that word corruption is like decay. It's death, right? So when he says flesh, he's talking about worldly things, and he's saying if we're going to sow into the flesh, it's like decay. It's death. It's not a living thing that's going to last forever. But then he's going to say these words. He says, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not, everybody say, give up. So then we, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those to the household of faith. Now again, this comes on the tail end of him talking about the fruit of the Spirit and what the fruit of the flesh looks like and the fruit of the Spirit looks like, which we're going to get into in in just a minute. But you could sum up Galatians 6, 7, and 10 with these words. Do matters. And not only do matters. What we do matters. And not only does it matter, has lasting effects in our life. What we do matters, and there's a lasting effect with what we're doing, even right now. This law of sowing and reaping is more than just in your physical life. It is desperate in your spiritual life. And so... This is why Paul's going to start off and he's going to give two warnings. And his first warning is going to be those words, do not be deceived. And he wouldn't say it if we didn't have the tendency to be deceived. So Paul's mindset is going, I've, I've watched it. I've watched people be deceived. He watched a good friend of his named Demas walk away from the things of the Lord to sow into the things of the world. 
So Paul's going, I've watched deception come in. And here's what he's saying. For you and I, God is so serious about this that he's going, it would be easy to deceive yourself into thinking that what you do on a daily basis doesn't really matter that much or carry weight in the end. And this is why so many people use those words. Well, I'm a good person overall. Well, I do good things for the majority of my life. Because at the end of the day, what we're saying is, we don't really know if the day not be deceived. It does. That much weight. And so Paul's going, do not be deceived. It does. Carries a lot of weight. And then he's going to look over here and he's going to say this. God not being mocked is like, God is not mocked. Amen. This idea of God not being mocked is like this. It's like turning your nose up to God. It's mocking him like, oh yeah, if I sow some things, I'm gonna reap some things, right? It's this idea of basically saying, I'm gonna outwit him. I'm gonna outsmart God. We like to use this terminology around, I'm gonna Jesus juke Jesus, right? It's like, you can't Jesus juke me. I'm the word. And so we've got this idea that we can kind of mock God and do what we want to do and somehow it's going to turn out okay and that this principle of sowing and reaping doesn't really apply to my life. But it's a spiritual principle. Whether or not we like it or don't like it, believe it or don't believe it, it's a principle like the law of gravity. We can't change it. And so this principle starts off with this idea then of sowing and reaping. And so I want to go through a couple of principles here. Number one principle in this idea of sowing and reaping is simply this. We reap only what has been sag of seeds, and I'll show you what your harvest is what has been planted. So I'll say it like this. Show me your bag of seeds, and I'll show you what your harvest is going to be like. Right? Show me what it is that you're scattering, and I'll tell you what it is that's going to be growing. And so I don't think you have to be a gardener. I don't think you have to be a farmer to get this. I think that we, just to make it easier to understand, if I plant wheat seed, I'm not harvesting corn. Amen? Like we get that. No matter how hard I want it, no matter how hard I may will it, no matter how hard I may desire it, if I'm scattering wheat, uh, uh, if I'm scattering, if I want wheat and I'm scattering corn seed, right, and I want wheat, no matter what I want wheat, and I'm putting corn seed down, I'm not getting wheat. It's not coming. Because what I'm planting is not really what I'm, what I'm sowing into is not really what I'm going to reap. So here's the point with that. No one is going, hey man, how's your wheat crop doing? And you're going, you did plant wheat, right? No, I planted corn, but I'm really hoping. I'm just, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that somehow God's gonna move. And I'm going, but you, but you planted the wrong seed. But we live our life as though I've been planting some seed. I know I shouldn't be planting. This is so important. We don't have a right to be, amen? Listen to why this is so important. We don't have a right to be disappointed when we didn't get wheat if all we sowed was corn seed. And we don't have a right to be disappointed in our life if we're not understanding why we're not drawing near to the Lord or he's not drawing near to us when all we're doing is planting seeds of the flesh that are leading to death and decay. Are we good? Amen. So in our life, the goal when it comes to harvest or what it is that we're trying to produce is that we have to start with the end goal in mind, right? So when a farmer lays his crop out, when he lays out his field, he's like, this is gonna be wheat. One day, these things are gonna be tall, and I'm gonna go through with the harvester, I'm gonna get them. 
but I've got to start with the end in mind and then I've got to get to the beginning. So when we start with the end in mind, if I want wheat, I got to sow wheat. So when we start, if I'm like, I want, for me right now, if I want to be with the Lord, if that's my end goal, I want to be with the Lord, I want to know him, I want to love him, I want to look like him, I want to grow into his image. If my end goal, my pinnacle goal is that when that sky rips open and Jesus comes back, that I'm on the train. If that's what I want, then I've got to be born more like him. What is it that I'm planting and sowing into that's going to help me reach a harvest of righteousness like his word says? But here we are with Christ, and we say things like, I want to know him. I want to grow in him. I want to be like him. I want to know. I want to love him. I just want to know his heart. And people are going, oh, cool, man. So you're doing some Bible studies then to, to do that? No. You developing a prayer life? Is your prayer life just like, ah, oh, like I want to be with the Lord? No, no. But I'm excited about growing in Christ. So, so what are you doing? I'm, I've kind of been disappointed. Like I have this desire to be with him and be close to him. But to be honest with you, my life kind of feels like a train wreck. So what have you been doing then? What have you been sowing into? I spend a lot of time at the bar. I spend a lot of time at the bar just sipping away, thinking about life. And that's what I sow into. But you know what? Fingers crossed. I'm going to grow to be more and more like Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? You and I can listen to that and be like, that's ludicrous. That's crazy. If you want to you, you grow to be more like him, get to know him. Read the word. Pray. Like, get in his presence. Get around people who are going to encourage you. Grow in him. But then when, when I'm at the blah, 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 whatever it is you, I spend most of my time at the club. I spend most of my time at the blah, 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 whatever it is you do. And I'm just, fingers crossed, I'm sowing into that. But I know God can move. And he's going, it's not about me moving. It's about you sowing. What are you sowing? So the same principle then holds truth in, in life, that life is always filled with choices, and these choices affect us. And that's why Jesus says in Luke 6, 45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of what? A good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows uh, what you say flows from what is in your heart. So it's the whole, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's like, this is what you're giving yourself over to. That's what's gonna come out of you, right? And so you will only get out what you put in. We know that. If we sow into our hearts and we think life and we think encouragement and we think honor and we think love and we think joy and we're sowing those things as we go, those things are going to flow in your life and those things are going to flow out. The way you actions and our attitudes and our words, all of those things are seeds. The way you live out your life, your character, your attitude, the words that come out of your mouth, the actions of your life, all of those are seeds in some way, shape, or form that you're planting. And as the principle says, what you sow, you shall also what? Reap. And this is why the enemy is so hell-bent on keeping you thinking as selfishly, keeping me thinking as selfishly as we possibly can. The enemy wants to be so hell-bent on you sowing words that cut people down. 
The enemy is so hell-bent on you thinking negative thoughts about people, thinking negative thoughts about yourself, thinking negative thoughts about comparison or gossip or whatever. The enemy is hell-bent on this kind of seed coming from you because the enemy, Satan knows this, this law, this principle of sowing and reaping. He's like, if I could keep them sowing with mouths of discord and mouths of disunity and actions that don't line up with the word of God, if I could keep them sowing those seeds, I will keep them busy forever producing a harvest of death and decay. He knows it. Add seed in every relationship. The enemy wants us to sow bad seed in every relationship, in every circumstance, and God's going, ah, change that. Don't give yourself over to that. And that's why in Galatians 6, 8, he'll say these words, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And I want to say it again, that word corruption is decay. Here, here's what he's saying. He's not throwing darts. He's just being honest. Paul's being honest. He's like, your flesh, this dies one day. Amen, church? Like, this is gone. We're not, we're not salvaging this. Some of us like, praise the Lord, right? We're not saving this thing. It's death, it's decay, it's corrupted. The things on this earth, he says, the things on this earth, one day they're gone. The grass withers, the flowers fade. One thing stands forever. What is it? The word of the Lord stands forever. So he's just simply saying the flesh things that we all love, that we're drawn to, we're attracted to, we desire, that we, uh, we want. He's like, you can do that if you want. Just know to it. He says it right there. You can sow to it. You can. It's allowed. You can sow to it. He says it right there. You can sow to it. Just be okay with the fact it's dying, it's death, and it's corruption. Or you can sow to the Spirit. And he's about to tell us what sowing to the Spirit looks like. And he says, when you sow to the Spirit, you reap eternal life. He's like, the Spirit of the Lord is alive forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. When you sow to those things, you have eternal life that's welling up inside of you. This is why the disciples, when, when everybody else abandoned Jesus, this is why the disciples, when he turns and he says, are you guys going to leave me too? They go, oh, where else would we go? You carry the words of eternal life. We are locked in to what you're sowing, Jesus, because when you're sowing those things, we feel something well up within us that goes, that's everlasting. That right there is everlasting. And so... In Galatians 5, you just got to go a chapter before that, and you're going to see why Paul is so passionate about this. And leading up to Galatians chapter 6, when he's talking about the flesh and the spirit, he tells us what this tendency looks like. In Galatians 5, 16, it'll be up there on the screen, he'll say, but I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh, for they are opposed to each other, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. There is a cosmic war in your heart right now. Fullest, you want to use it, abuse thing. You want to live this thing out to the fullest. You want to use it, abuse it, get every pleasure that you can for this thing before the Lord checks you out. It's going... Give me what I want. Sin nature in us. And there's a war where your flesh is going. Give me what I want, when I want it, how I want it, the way I like it. And on the other side, there's this, is a person, part of the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit is going, 
I don't want you to touch it. I don't want you to taste it. I want you to go after it because the things I have for you will blow those things away. And so you feel this like, you're like, oh, when I'm with Holy Spirit, it's so good. And I don't feel guilty. <laughs> Amen. And when you're doing the things of the flesh, most of the time you're doing the things of the flesh in some ways in darkness. And you're going, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Dang it. I won't do it again. Next weekend rolls around, right? And button up against one another. And here's what he says. He says, they keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, so here we go, surrender, submission. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The law was to show you that you and I deserve death. He said, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under that law. Amen, church? Look what he says, though. Now the works of the flesh, verse 19, are evident. He's telling us something here. You know what they are. Nobody has to go, I just I don't know if God really wants that or not. I kind of feel like he's okay with it. He says the works of the flesh are evident. See, he's like, God won't be mocked. We love to play that game like, it's not that bad. I do it, but what's the big deal? God won't be mocked. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, putting anything above the Lord, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, that can be comparison, disease and vision, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Like I, I could list a whole bunch more, but Paul's like, and things like these. You know what they are. He's like, they're evident. They don't build life. They may feel an immediate pleasure. They may send these little things down. You were like, I felt good that I told that person to go, right? That may give you an immediate pleasure, but he goes, these things right here, these are things of the flesh. And then he's gonna say, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not throwing darts and trying to be mean. Paul's not going, so you're not gonna go to heaven if you do those things. That's not Paul's heart. That's not what he's trying to say. He's going, it's the nature of the law of God. If you sow into those things, they're corrupted, they're broken, they're decaying, and they're dying. It's just the nature of God. Do them if you want to do them. Don't be disappointed or upset if at the end of the day you go, those things didn't lead to life. So he's not throwing darts. He's like, you have permission. It's just not going to lead to life. And Then he says those other words. He says, but the fruit control against is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You know when he says against such things, there is no law? Because the law will burn one day, but those things will be eternal forever and ever. Against such things, there's no law. The law can't, these things aren't the law. These things aren't flesh. These things are spirit. You're going to see these things flowing in heaven. Patient in heaven, come on. You're not trying to hold your fun back. A lot of people are like, God just don't want me to have fun. No, have fun. You want to have fun? Have fun. It's just, he's just simply telling you that if you sow into the flesh and that's what fun is, it's decaying, it's broken, it's dead. Don't be mad at him. I told you, right? But if you sow into the spirit, he's going, you're going to have an adventure of a lifetime. Just watch what he does with that. Um, I had a brother 
uh, in, at K-State, when I was at K-State, a fraternity brother. And I've shared his, shared his story before in here. But he, he I, I, I watched this dynamic play out in his life. So God got a hold of me really my sophomore, junior year at K-State. And I was part of this fraternity. And this guy was party hard, women, drinking, da 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 all those things, right? So this guy was all after those things. And then we started Bible study up in our house, and I'm the flesh, and sowing into the flesh radically changed. And I watched him from going to gratifying the flesh and sowing into the flesh, I watched him begin to sow seeds into the spirit. And as he went into ministry, still a ministry, 180, completely changed. And I remember talking to him years later because he went into ministry. Still a He had everything about to be given to him, gave it all up because he goes, the Lord got a hold of my heart. Him on a silver platter and he goes, I want a job that just blew away. Everything was like handed to him on a silver platter and he goes, I want none of it. I'm gonna go work on college campuses and share the gospel. So here's this guy who does better than sowing seeds in the spirit and obviously we know the answer. He goes, it didn't even come close. It's why in Ecclesiastes, you're gonna see Solomon say those words. Like, I've done everything. I've done, he literally, meaningless. Everything. And he says, all of it is what? Meaningless. It's like sowing into the wind. It doesn't produce anything in life. It's meaningless. And then he gets to the end and he says, but these me. Fear the Lord and tremble at his word. Ah, oh, it produces something in me. So the question becomes then, are you reaping blessing or weeds? Because Ephesians 5:15 says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools like those who are, but, but live like those who are. Everybody say thoughtlessly. Most of every opportunity in these evil days, don't act, everybody say thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Did you know that we can plant thoughtlessly out there, and maybe it's thoughtlessly, but we're gonna reap the fruit of those things? So lies and think that somehow we're going to live in the tree and think that somehow we're going to produce unity. We can't sow lies and think that somehow we're going to live in the truth. We can't sow sin and somehow believe that, that we're going to get closer and closer to the Lord in that. It's important because it's his law. If I sow indifference to God and his values and his priorities, then I'm going to reap the fruit of indifference. There's a quote that I read about the longevity of this thing and what it really, like hopefully you see this, it's a big deal. It, it says this, if you sow a thought, I sow a thought in my mind, it says you're gonna reap an act. If you sow an act, you're gonna reap a habit. I'm gonna build that habit now. If you sow a habit, you're gonna reap a character. This is who you become. And if you sow a character, you're gonna reap a destiny. The question is what destiny are you gonna reap? Is it destiny that's hell-bent on destruction or is it destiny that is bent on life that's eternal it's one of those two it's just the law of the lord just on a practical level i'm gonna nail this real quick on a practical level over the last few years what have we seen in hollywood and in politics and in all these things we've seen the demise of many leaders because of sexual harassment charges right so like you turn on the news, so-and-so just got whatever kicked out, so-and-so just did, they're in court, they're in court, they're in court. All of these big-time, big-wig, whatever, people, producers, politicians, all these people are being brought down because this litany of sexual harassment now that's against them. Well, here's the problem. For years, we've sowed sexual immorality. For years, for years, 
We've sowed this as just part of the culture, degrading of women, whatever. We've sowed that, and then we're wondering why all of a sudden now we're reaping a harvest of all of these people that have lived in this sexual immorality, sexual harassment. And so we've sowed it, and here we are surprised going, I wonder why all of these people are coming down. Because we've sowed it for years. We're pornography rules in America. We're devaluing the human body rules in America. Amen? And we're going, why is this stuff happening? Like, number two principle is this. This is why it's such a big deal. Quickly, number two principle is this. We reap later what we sow. We don't always get to see it right away. The law of the harvest or sowing and reaping says this. We sow in one season, we reap in another season. No harvest comes the moment that it's planted, darn it, right? There's a growing season that takes place. And that's why the word says in verse nine of our text, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Why would we grow weary of doing good? Because we're doing good and we're not always seeing the immediate results. When I sow into my wife, when I sow into my spouse, right? And I sow into her and let's say we've just been like, not often, but let's just say we've been that way. And I'm sowing into her, I'm sowing into her with good thinking, now she's gonna be nice to me, (laughs) Right? Well, she wasn't nice to me. Well, I'm growing weary of doing good. Why? Because I'm sowing in, believing that somehow she's going to be nice to me. He says, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season. Look, in due season, we will reap if we what? Don't give up. Don't give up. Results. I'm telling you, I live just not seeing the results. I've tried to walk the right path. I'm not seeing the results. I'm telling you, I live in that life so many times in my own spiritual life. It's just a reality of the fact that just because we're sowing doesn't mean we're gonna see it the next day. Sowing, sowing or the planting season is usually in small farm towns. Everybody comes, I was sharing the other day, like everybody comes out, we grew up in small farm towns, everybody comes out for the harvest. We love the harvest. Everybody celebrates, somebody brings fried chicken and potatoes and everybody's like, oh, this is great. Nobody comes out for planting. Just a farmer in his tractor going, can't wait for the harvest. Nobody comes and says, you're planting a dry field. This is beautiful. Nobody brings fried uh, fried. Uh, uh, Chicken, mashed potatoes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Why? Because nobody thinks that the, that the plant I like to pick, I don't like to plant. Amen? Important, it's the menial stuff. And I'm, I'm telling you, my own life, I like to pick, I don't like to plant. Amen? Growing up as a kid, my dad, big time gardener. He'd be like, boys, you want to come help me plant the gardens? We're like, no, but let us know when the watermelons are done. Right? There's a temptation to believe that nothing is happening during the planting season, but the moment that you put the seed into the ground and you cover it with the dirt and you get a little water on it, I promise you, it's germinating. Something is happening in that soil. Something is happening in your heart as you begin to sow seeds in the spirit. Something is happening. You may not see it today. You may not see it today, but you will see it. And we like to bypass, so many times we like bypass the planting season, the waiting and the waiting and the waiting. We just want the good stuff. But it's in the waiting that the Lord meets with you the most. We evaluate so many of our priorities based on immediate results. We have this, I like this quote that I read, the race to produce robs us of investing properly. Did you guys know? I just found this out from Micah Tice. She posted it. I Googled it, it's real, 
right? Did you know that January 17th is called National Quitters Day? <laughs> Google it. I was like, this is ridiculous. January 17th, they made it a day, National Quitters Day, that most people quit their New Year's resolutions by January 17th. Saying, just keep sowing. And here's what I think when I think of National Quitters Day. I think about what the Lord is saying. Just keep sowing. Just a little seed here. I committed to the Lord in a resolution. I was going to read my Bible every single day. I was going to read it for four hours, but I've only read it for like, you know, 10 minutes. It's okay. Just keep sowing. I told the Lord I was going to pray over my family. I was going to do it five days a week, but I didn't do it five days a week. I only did it two days a week. It's okay. Keep sowing. Don't quit. Don't give up. You can't change yesterday. I don't care how powerful you think you are. You can't change yesterday. Yesterday's gone. You can't focus on tomorrow. You and I don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. But today I can sow. I can plant. And I can keep going. Proverbs 12, 11 says, He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. It's a promise. Keep tilling, you will be satisfied. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is the story of Joseph. Here's a guy who gets a dream from the Lord and he's mistreated after he gets this dream because he's thrown into this well by his brothers. He's mistreated, falsely accused, forgotten, made to wait. 13 years he's wrongly imprisoned. A total of 22 years before he's ever reconciled. 22 years. He's like, oh, I'm so, mm, but I'm gonna sow good things. They really made me, I'm gonna keep sowing for the Lord. 22 years, Joseph knew what it felt like to not have resolution, not have justice, not see his life bloom the way he envisioned. But I love this quote. You don't have to be blooming to be growing, so don't give up. You don't have to be blooming because you're planted and you're sowing and it's germinating and God is doing something. So start somewhere. So Christy and I, just give you some practical things. My wife and I, we've been married for 20, 21 years, and we go through seasons where we have a little tension in our life. Any, anybody else out there? Okay, thanks for the two that supported me in that. I, whew, it's okay. So we have seasons where we go through a little difficulty in our marriage, and we found ourselves in this last season. She was running 100 miles this direction. I was running 100 miles this direction. Our kids were running 100 miles this direction, and we were sowing seeds in the flesh, and we just were not getting anything that was producing life in us. So it caused a lot of tension in our marriage, and we were just battling, and it was just like we're running two directions because we're not sowing seeds that are leading to life here. So I give you this example because she comes to about, I don't know, month ago, because she's awesome, and she says, hey, we need to start sowing some seeds together that are going to lead to life. So she goes, hey, let's practice this once a week. Let's do this thing when we come to the honest table. I was like, oh, did you read about this or something? I mean, I'm in, right? She's like, let's come to the honest table, and we're going to make a sandwich at the honest table. And then I was like, you definitely read about this. And it was awesome. She goes, you get to tell me something that you love about me, that you think is awesome about me, that, that I did really well this week, 
in the middle of that, you get to tell me something that you're frustrated with. And I, she's like, when you tell me what you're frustrated with, I can't defend myself. I was like, I'm really liking this. And then you're making the bottom part of the sandwich, you gotta finish it off with something that you love about me again, something that you're, you're proud of me. So we started doing this rhythm about three weeks ago. We started sowing these seeds and it's been life-changing for us. Life-changing. I'm just giving you a practical example. Like, this is for every part of your life. Our kids, they're running 100 miles an hour. So I made some commitments this year, like, sort of pouring to my kids, pouring to my kids. I feel like, ah, I didn't, I failed at some of those things. So we're like, we're gonna practice. We're gonna spend more time with them. And what we're realizing is that we sow seeds that are life-giving to our kids. They actually like us. Our kids like us. That was crazy. So every part of your life, whether it's your family or your friends or your workplaces or whatever it is, when you're sowing seeds of life and not seeds of the flesh, what you sow, you will reap. And I'm, ta- I'm telling God is faithful to his promise. So, man, more to share on that. Let's stand up. I don't know what your bag of seeds are today. I don't know what you've been sowing into. This is between you and the Lord. But if you're looking in your bag of seeds and you're realizing I've got a lot of seeds that are mixed up with the faith, I just wanna encourage you to empty your, I've got a lot of weed seeds in there. I've got a lot of seeds of the flesh. Today, I just wanna encourage you to empty your bag out. And I just wanna encourage you just to pray, just spiritually, get this visual image. God, fill my bag of seeds with the things of the Spirit that produce life. I want the things that produce life and not death. Let's pray that in today. Father, we pray as a bunch of believers in this room, people who love you, God, we pray today that what we sow, what we scatter out there, Lord, would produce life in us, our families, our friends, those that we care about, those around us. I pray that Jesus, those seeds would grow up even in the waiting and produce a harvest of righteousness. And God, if there's seeds of the flesh that we've been sowing, I pray that today we can make a a choice and a commitment. Today, I don't want to sow to the flesh any longer. Today, God, I pray that that battle that wages between the spirit and the flesh would be broken. And I would say, I'm in for what you're in for. And when I mess up, thanks be to God for his grace. But we believe in your principle of sowing and reaping. So God, help us to sow the right way. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.